0: It's cloudy. It's rainy. It's dark, but good news. It's kind of warm today. It's 50 degrees in downtown Cleveland, 51 here with me in Rocky River. Hopefully it's even warmer where you are. Listen, I know we got a lot of people watching this live episode of the bullpen around northeast Ohio, but also around the country and around the world. We have listeners in Germany and England and Australia and New Zealand and I heard that this show is massive massive and chilly. Ch- uh, that's what I'm that's what I've been told, so stick with me. Now, you have a chance to join me live on the podcast. I tweeted out a link about 2 minutes ago, and if you click on that link, you'll be you'll be in our room. I'll see your name pop up. I got a list here. The name will pop up, and eventually, if you hang in there, I will bring you in. I'll be going live for I don't know how long. We'll see how I feel how long I feel like going, but there's a lot to get to today we will talk about the Browns' whole coaching staff situation in just a couple of minutes. But I want to remind you that if you haven't done so already, please click the subscribe button, the alert bell. Uh, give a little thumbs up if you're enjoying what we're doing here. Uh, make sure you check out the interview I did with Joe Flacco. That was my last recorded podcast. We put it out yesterday. And I'm about 25 subscribers away from 4,000. I'd love to hit that 4,000 plateau today. So help me get there. Spread the word. All right. Like I said, if you have questions for me and you want to be on camera or if you want to make a comment about anything, the Browns, the Guardians, the Cavs, or anything you want to ask me, you could jump on, hit the link. If you're shy and you don't want to be on camera, you can tweet at me at Adam Adam the Bull, as always, or you can, and, uh, or you can um, of course, put something in the chat as we get going here. I got the chat up. I see... Uh, Let's see who do we got in here. Jeffrey is in there. Creative Juice, of course. Evan four one nine. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Uh, Carrie. Some people don't have their names there. I don't know what it is. Simeon. Uh, Jonathan is in. So if you have questions, put them in there. If you if you're shy about uh, you know jumping on camera, but if you want to get on camera, join me, and I will at some point bring you into the mix. I don't think I think everybody's been too shy to jump in yet. But I'm going to get to those calls or whatever we call them uh, in just a little bit. But I I, I do want to get to the the latest on the Browns assistant coach search. So let's start with what we know for sure. Uh, The Browns have hired two. The Browns fired, as we all know, their running back coach, their offensive coordinator, who was also their quarterback coach, Alex Van Pelt. And they fired their tight end coach. They've already replaced the tight end coach with former Notre Dame quarterback, former Notre Dame coach, and this past season's Alabama's offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. Now, his track record on the field, if you you judge him based on Notre Dame's offense the year before and Alabama's offense this past year, maybe you don't think he's a good coach. Listen, I don't know enough personally about Tommy Reese, but anytime I'm talking about something that I don't feel qualified to judge myself, because you know, I'm not locked into college football for Alabama and Notre Dame like I am to the Browns. So what I do is I ask people that I trust, that do know, and everybody I spoke to about Tommy Reese, who is going to be the tight ends coach, maybe a potential OC down the line, is that this guy is an up-and-comer. He's a young guy in his early 30s. The Browns and and a lot of people in the NFL think very highly of him. So it seems like a positive addition Uh, You want to kill the guy because you didn't like the last play of the Alabama-Michigan game. Well, I I can't help you there, but he won't be making those decisions right now as he is the tight end coach, but it seems like a smart hire. Today, the Browns have now officially replaced Stump Mitchell with a new running back coach, and like Stump Mitchell, this running back coach uh, used to play in the NFL. Deuce Staley, who played obviously for the Eagles, uh, was a really good player in the NFL is officially now, as of today, the Browns' new running back coach. Uh, he spent much of his career in Philadelphia, both as a player and a coach, was the running back coach for the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, of all people, of course. And uh, he this past season, he was the Super Bowl coach. Uh, uh, he was the not the Super Bowl coach. He was the pa- running back coach for the Panthers. So uh, that's where it was this past year. Obviously, they were a terrible team, but we won't hold that against him. Uh, Deuce Staley was an excellent pass catcher. So, you know, we had a conversation earlier today on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show about well, can Deuce Staley do anything for Nick Chubb? And I think a lot of people felt no. And I said, listen, no matter how good a player you are at any sport, there's always something you can learn. There's always a little tidbit you can get. I used the example earlier today, but I'll, I'll use another example. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Cavs, obviously. Um, if you bring in a, basketball is not a great comparison. So, so, so I'm going to go to, I'll go to baseball instead. Let's say the, uh, Atlanta Braves, right? They're the best offense in baseball this past season. Say they brought in a new hitting coach. Well, their best players like Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, Matt Olson. these guys are superstars. You'd say, well, w- w- what, what, what can this new coach help these guys with? They're already superstars. And yes, a new coach, a hitting coach, is going to more likely work more with the young players, the less proven players, less experienced players. Same thing in the NFL with a running back coach. You're going to help Jerome Ford. You're going to work with whoever the Browns draft this season. However, that doesn't mean he can't be of potential value to a veteran like Nick Chubb, and in this case, Deuce Staley was an excellent pass catcher, and that's the, really the only part of Nick Chubb's game that you could say could use some improvement. Uh, I think I think it's, that's more about opportunity than him not being good at it, but whatever, and the bottom line is that Deuce Staley, as great a running back as Nick Chubb is, maybe Deuce Staley had an experience of coming back from injury and a little thing that he shares with Nick Chubb that helps his rehab. I have no idea, but just because Nick Chubb's great doesn't mean he doesn't need anything from a position coach. Now, finally, uh, before we start taking your calls or and bringing you on the air with me uh, and, and taking, and again, I know some of you are sending messages in the, in the chat, and if you have, I will get to those. Hopefully, I don't miss any. But uh, in terms of the offensive coordinator, the question – um, The question becomes, will that offensive coordinator call plays? Now, I've made my thoughts on this very clear. The only way the Browns should hire an offensive coordinator that will call plays is if that's truly what Kevin Stefanski wants to do. If Kevin Stefanski is having his hand forced by ownership into calling plays, I've got a big problem with that. Now, I... Th- I've heard that. We've talked about this before. I don't know for sure. I hope that's not the case. I'm going to try to remain optimistic and think that's not the case. But today, uh, Mary Kay Cabot announced, uh, tweeted out that Kellen Moore, who was the Cowboys offensive coordinator for a number of years, last year was the Chargers offensive coordinator, will be interviewing tomorrow for the Browns offensive coordinator job. And she said, Basically, uh, that the Browns, if the Browns are going to get Kellen Moore. I can't remember the word she used, so I want to I look up her tweet really quick because there was a word I liked there, and then I forgot to write it down. Uh, Mary Kay, she's – here we go. Uh, Charges O.C. Kellen Moore scheduled to interview with the Browns on Friday at team headquarters in Berea. He talked to the Eagles for their vacancy. Uh, Brown, oh, man, now I can't find the stupid word that she said. The, I, I think it was entice. If they're going to convince him to come to Cleveland, well, they're going to have to give him the play calling duties. Why do the Browns need to entice Kellen Moore? He just lost his job last year because the Chargers fell on their face. I'm not saying Kellen Moore might not be a decent offensive coordinator or play caller. But Dak Prescott just had his best year without him, and the and and Justin Herbert just had his worst year with him. So I don't think Kellen Moore, in my in my opinion, is in position to demand anything. I, I'll take Kevin Stefanski as the Browns' play caller over Kellen Moore any day of the week, and unless Kevin Stefanski wants it differently, I see no reason to change. And the idea that they would have to promise Kellen Moore. Uh, the play calling duties to get him to come here. Well, I'd rather have somebody else. I think that's ridiculous. I don't understand taking away the play calling from from Kevin Stefanski. I want to give it the situation the benefit of the doubt that this is a Kevin Stefanski decision. We'll see how it ends up. Brian Johnson, who was the Eagles' OC this year, got fired. Many people in Philly were happy he got fired. He interviewed today for the Browns' OC job. We know that the Browns have already spoken with Seahawks offensive line coach Andy Dickerson for the position, Texans quarterback coach Gerard Johnson, and former Browns quarterback and former Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. All in the mix. Meanwhile, the two positions that haven't changed on offense, Chad O'Shea remains the wide receiver coach, and at least for now, Bill Callahan remains the offensive line coach, There's concern, of course, that he will go with his son, Brian Callahan, who just was officially announced as the new head coach of the Titans today. So far, there's been no word on that, but anything being official. But a lot of people around the league have speculated that maybe that won't happen. Now We were speculating it might. It seems like it won't. So that's obviously really good news. And today, well, I'll save that for later because I know we have some people that want to jump in. So let's get to it. First uh, person to jump in with us today, live. Here in the bullpen, let's talk to Jonathan. Let's bring him in, Jonathan. We got you, Jonathan. What's up, man? You look, by the way, you look a little like John Lester. Has anybody ever told you that? (laughs) Really? I it's it's, it's, I don't I don't Um, mean to bring up bad memories. I apologize, but uh, you do look a little like John Lester, (laughs) Jonathan. How are you, man? Thanks for joining me. That is fun.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Living the dream bowl. Got a, got a few things I wanted to fire off. The first thing is, uh, you know, watch UCSS, watch your, yeah. your show. You know, you're a great representative, oh, of the thank man. You. Thank you for everything you do. Appreciate, Appreciate you. That. Um, so the two things that I have, uh, first thing, if you can, without divulging any media or state secrets, what's the political nonsense behind the potential of yanking Stefanski's play calling from him?
0: So I I have heard from a couple of people, and I can't say who it is, unfortunately. But I have heard from of a course. couple of people that I know that I'll, I'll say this. I'm trying to be careful what I say because so unfortunately, Absolutely. you can't say everything you know. I wish I could, but I I would if it were if it were just my <laughs> thing on the line. But somebody tells me some information, they say you can't ch- t- talk about this. So I do know that. When the Browns beat Arizona early in the season or middle of the season, whatever it was, they remember that game they won? It was a blowout, easy game. Yeah. After the game, I, was, I heard that Jimmy Haslam, even though the Browns won in blowout fashion, was not that happy after the game because they didn't throw the ball a lot with Deshaun Watson. And that, to me, just shows, I think there's a level of frustration from... Jimmy, that Deshaun Watson, to this point, he's spent a ton of money on Deshaun Watson, a ton of draft picks. To this point, he hasn't played all that well, and he certainly hasn't been on the field. And so I think what's going on is that Jimmy's like, well, we need somebody else to call the plays. Now, I don't know that with 100% certainty. I know there's a couple of people working on this behind the scenes and trying to find more information. But, you know, after, after, um, what's his name, uh... Oh, my God, I just forgot his name. Uh, the the Browns running back coach who got fired. Stump Mitchell, thank Stump you. You saved Mitchell. me, Jonathan. After Stump Mitchell got fired for leaking stuff, I think the Browns are trying to keep things a, a little quieter. Everybody's afraid to, to share any information. But that's the thing. So so we've heard that if Kevin Stefanski l- gi- gives up the play calling, that it wasn't his choice because we know how much he loves it. Now, I, I can't say that with 100% certainty, but it feels that way, and especially like, I look at guys like Kellen Moore and Brian Johnson from Philly and the other guys you mentioned. It's like, what have those guys done that should give them that role over Kevin Stefanski? It doesn't make much sense. And if you're Kevin Stefanski, Jonathan, and and you've been the head coach for four years, you've done a great job, especially this past year, and you don't get an extension and you have an OC forced on you that's got to call plays. I'd be pretty ticked if I were him. So I hope it's not the case. I want yeah. to believe that Jimmy's smartened yeah. up, but we'll see. Hope for the best. Uh,
2: yeah, I think um, I, I'm not going to regurgitate what was said on UCSS, and obviously it'll come up at yeah. some point here too. My thing about it is um, the guy's done well. The yeah. guy did well this year. If you're going to yank his play calling, it's not right, it makes this sense. year. You should have done it previously. Sure. Pivot to my last thing. I don't want to keep you on with me the whole time. I I hadn't, I didn't have an opportunity on UCSS to bring this up, but I'm glad to bring it up to you. I was at the Titans game. I watched Watson and I was in the dog pound. So I had decent seats. It was, it was a good performance, but the thing for me, my eyeball, regular guy, just a guy viewing was just like, I wasn't wowed. I, I didn't go this feels like Patrick Mahomes. This feels like Joe Burrow. This feels like a Lamar Jackson event. This looked, I, I wouldn't dare say pedestrian, but not elite. I, and, uh, um, Jonathan, I appreciate
0: it. I think you're dead on here. Uh, thank you. Um, it, it, it's good to have Jonathan on. And if you want to join us, I'll bring you up too. Uh, Jonathan got the, that's, that's just how I feel right now as well. And I still think there's time to turn. I'm not a, Deshaun Watson hater. I was thrilled that they traded for him. I still have, I still think he's got more upside than any quarterback. The Browns have ever had in my lifetime. Uh, you know, I wasn't around for Otto Graham. Okay. By the way, shout out to Lou Groza who would have been turned a hundred today. His family lives in, in, I believe Rocky river or Lakewood. I can't remember now. And, uh, Lou Lou Rose's, I believe, great granddaughter does uh stuff at the Beck Center with my son. They, they're, they, they're in show, a lot of the shows together. But anyway, yes, Deshaun Watson played well in the Titans game, played well in the Cardinals game, and we know what he did the second half against the Ravens, but it's the eye test, folks. If you're being real, he hasn't shown you that magic that he had in Houston. And hopefully he can have a healthy offseason once he. You know, it's fully recovered, and hopefully, he can have a healthy season next year. And maybe that's what he was about to show in that second half of the Ravens—that that was the magic—and maybe it would have built from there. But we didn't get a chance to see it. Hopefully, we will next year. It has to happen this next season. Uh, okay, let me. Uh, we got some chats here. What is the? All right, some other guys are trying to get in. Do we have somebody? Oh, we have Evan Four One Nine trying to get in the mix. There he is. Evan. Hey, Bull, How you doing? Good, buddy. What's happening? Hey, I got got your shirt on, by the way. I love it. I love
1: it. Good job out <laughs> of you. Uh, not sports related, though. But I know, yeah. like like you, I'm a big Howard Stern listener. Yeah. Um, I just want to know who your uh, Mount Rushmore of Whack Packers would be.
0: I I'll be honest. I hate most of the Wack Packers. Well, I think it's I think it's one of the worst parts of the show. Uh, I. When I was young, when I was even before I got into radio, when I was in my early 20s and just bouncing around, I dropped out of college at 19 and I was bouncing around at, at different jobs until I went back to school and got my life on track in my mid 20s. But for like five, but like my teenage years into my early 20s, I was obsessed with Howard Stern. I still yeah. love him. I think he's the greatest ever in this business. I, I You know, no doubt. I admire the man. Uh, the show used to, I, to me. The show's not what it was. I don't right. like his crew. Uh, I love Jackie the Joke Man. I love Darty and I I don't like the the other people on his show now. Right. I think most of them are idiots. Uh right, who's the I, most annoying whackpacker then? Uh, the most Oh, the worst is um is uh ooh, who's the most annoying whackpacker? I would say oh, high pitch Eric. He's the worst. Yeah, right. I <laughs> okay. Can't, <laughs> well, I can't I'm with you on that. Him. I can't. I, I really I I really hate them all. I, I don't. The only people I like on the show, besides the main, I mean, I love Gary, and I hate that he gets crapped on yeah. all the time because I think he's the best. Yeah. I like uh, John Hine. Uh, Benji's awful; can't stand him. <laughs> uh, JD is annoying. I mean, he's a Bengals yeah. fan, so I should like him, but he's That's annoying. True, uh, I hate Sal. I hate Ronnie. They're awful. You hate I, Ronnie. I, I hate Ronnie. I find him awful. He's disgusting. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Sal, uh, I just don't find the phony phone calls funny. I do like, uh, yeah. what's his name that works with Sal? I'm drawing a blank on his name, but, uh, oh, Richard, Richard, but, Richard but I, I don't find their phony phone calls funny ever. They don't, when they try to be women, they don't ever sound like women, but anyway, I don't want to go too far <laughs> off sports anymore. Evan, you got oh, yeah. a sports thing? Uh, shoot. I just, well, you don't we have really, to. Have that's to. it.
1: No, to say like, we're 11, we have 11 wins this year. Do we really have to question if Kevin's going to stop calling plays? I mean it seems we like
0: should. he's doing a good job. <laughs> we, he's, he's doing a great job, Evan. And and to me, it's just nuts that we're having this conversation about right. him, you know, losing his play calling. And let's hope uh they'll smarten up and not do that when it's all yep. said and done. Thanks, Evan. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You got see it. You later. All right. Good stuff from Evan. Good to chat with him. Uh let's get to the chat and see what we got, what you got here. Uh let's see. Mike. Uh, <laughs> My man Mike Lucas, Mikey McNuggets in the chat. If you don't have haters, you don't have fans. Comes with the business. Love all of you though. Uh, it's one hundred percent true. If if ever if you do what I do for a living and everybody likes you, you're not that good. Now, if even worse than that is when nobody cares, I I, I could think of a number of radio hosts, sports radio guys, sports podcast guys. Sports TV guys that are it's like nobody cares. No, you don't hate that guy, you don't love that guy. That's the worst. Because you're a nothing. You don't you don't stand out in any way. But you want to bring out passion in people. You want people to love you and you want people to hate you because you don't want to just say what pleases everybody. There's some people in the business want everybody to love them. They're afraid to say anything controversial. That's lame ass. Uh Mike, you hate me? Bleep you, Mike. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I steal all my takes from Jake Crawford. Uh, Teddy tweet, uh, not tweets, but uh, posts. Do you feel like it's just a given they gives the fans an extension at some point? I feel like it should be a given. He's done a magnificent job, but I don't think it's a given. I don't think that at all. Uh, Simeon says, who's your top pick for OC? Well, I like, I can't think of their names right now. I went through this like last week with the picks. I can't think of the names now off the top of my head. Cause I wasn't, I didn't know we were going to get the question, but, uh, Oh God, my, maybe Mikey McNuggets can help me out. I like the Daryl Bevel. That's one of the two guys who I like. And then the second guy, I can't remember. He, he worked for Stefanski in Minnesota. Oh, uh uh, Kubiak, son, uh, whatever his first name—I can't think of his first name. So Daryl Bevel and I think it's Clint Kubiak. Those would be my top two choices. I haven't heard of the Browns interviewing either of them at this point, though. Of the names we know, I'd be fine with Brian Johnson. I don't really want Kellen Moore. I'd be fine with Ken Dorsey. I'd be—I'd fi- be fine with Gerard Johnson. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Bull. Uh. Carrie tweets, bully, you gonna get any more brown player Browns players on Hope you all had a chance to um, I'm reading the chat, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I hope you all get a chance to watch the Joe Flacco interview. It was such a pleasure talking with him. He was awesome. We did about 30 minutes. I'm always trying to get Brown's players on. It's sometimes hard to get players certainly during the season. there are some players. a lot of the superstars on the team are not willing to do interviews. So, uh, you know, we'll hope for the best, but um, I, I every player on all three teams has an open invitation to be on my podcast. Somebody tweeted me the other day, I bet you won't talk to Deshaun Watson. Why would I not talk to Deshaun Watson? He's the starting quarterback of the Browns. I would love to have Deshaun Watson on my podcast. I don't think he'll come on, but I would love to have him, and I would be totally fair to him as I've been so far. Uh, Diver Bob, is there still a concern that we may lose Bill Callahan to the Titans? Um, I think there's still a concern. Sure. Until the coaching staff of the Titans is locked in, there's going to be a concern. But what I read from, I think Albert Breer and I saw it somewhere else, um, that it doesn't seem like it's trending in that direction. We got Dom. Let's bring Dom in the mix. Dom, we got you. Oh, let me try that again. I don't maybe miss the button. There we go, Dom. What? Oh. me? Right, Dom. There, he there he is. What's up, Dom?
1: Uh, not much, Bull. Um, so I go to Phoenix for Guardians Spring Training, Guardians now. Okay. Uh, and yeah. I've been several times with uh my sister. We make a. she's from she's in Texas, I'm in California. We go okay. out to Phoenix, we have a good week. So I was wondering if you thought about a road trip with your son and seeing some guardians games in Phoenix, they're relatively cheap and, yeah. uh, and every seat is great.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that Tom, I I'm actually going on vacation this spring training in Florida. So I will be going to some spring training baseball games, just not the two teams. I care care most about the guardians and the Cubs who both train in Arizona, uh, but I, I, we're going to go probably to a Phillies game and maybe a Tampa Bay Rays game because we're going to be in the Tampa area. And Phillies uh, train in Clearwater, which is near Tampa. I have been to the Guardian Spring Training home because when, I don't know if you were listening when I was on the fan for many years, but um, we the Guardians, Indians at the time, used to send us. They would pay for us, for Dustin and I to go. I think I went to Spring Training I want to say four or five times in Arizona when I was on the fan earlier and they stopped doing that. I don't know, you know, budgets got tighter, whatever it was. Maybe I was more critical of the Guardians. Who the hell knows? But it was a great experience. We got to interview almost all of the players and you got to develop relationships with the players, which was great. I got to know in those days, I got to know Michael Brantley a little bit. Kipnis. I, me- I remember interviewing Francisco Lindor, who, Before he had even made his major league debut, he was this tiny, skinny little kid, but he talked like a pro, you know? I mean, he really did. He didn't feel like a minor leaguer. Uh, Yes. Uh, To answer your question, though, I won't be doing it this year, but 100%, my son would like to go to spring training in Arizona. And whether it's next year or the year after, we will do it soon.
1: I will say it is, there is a little deception in, in pricing stuff because hotels are super expensive during that time. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah, there's that's so, many true. People, so many people are yeah. coming out, let alone players yeah. that are trying to make the teams. And right. then uh, and then the other thing about it, too, is depending on your team. Now, you're a Cubs fan. Some teams, the pricing is increased. Oh, yeah. So the Cubs, Cubs increased
0: the prices. Yeah. yeah and
1: yeah. the Dodgers this year, especially
0: since yeah. they got. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Now, that's true. And but it's a great ballpark. Obviously, for those who don't know, they share it with the Reds. At Goodyear is not the most exciting town on the face of the earth. It's it's kind of the, <laughs> the ass end of Arizona. When you go, when I, the first time I went there, I don't know if you've driven past the that, that airport airplane yep. graveyard. Have you driven past that?
1: Yep, it's It's kind of along the way to get to the park.
0: I mean that that looks like you know could be a set from The Walking Dead or something. Okay? <laughs> it's it's really weird, but it, it it's amazing. It's I still like being out there, Dom. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for j- jumping in. We'll talk to you again soon. Folks, you can do what Dom just did, and you could jump in with us. We'll try to get a few more callers in, uh, if we have time, and if more people want to get on camera. Have I missed any more questions? Let me see if I can find them. Freddie B, what exactly are an OC's responsibilities? Well, obviously, we talk about play calling all the time. For some OCs, they call their own; pl- uh, they call the plays. For some, they don't. Usually, if there's a defensive head coach, the OC will call the plays. But there's a lot more that goes into that job. Now, do I know every last detail of what an OC does? Of course not. But what I do know is that the offensive coordinator, along with the head, co- head coach, if it's an offensive guy, and the other coach, the rest of the offensive coaching staff, they together are putting together a game plan for each week's games. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is not planning the the, the offensive game plan by himself the whole week. That wouldn't make any sense. So the offensive coordinator is a big part of that, even if he's not calling the plays. Uh, Let's see. uh, Zach Huffman, top five Billy Joel songs. Now, okay. So some of my – man, I haven't actually sat down. and I need to sit down and make a list of my favorite, because I have so many favorite songs I would have to really think about, but if you ask me what my my all-time favorite Billy Joel song is probably a song that you have to be a die-hard fan to know. And a lot of my favorites, I love Piano Man, Only the Good Die Young, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, would make my top ten, all of those. But my favorite Billy Joel song ever is a song called All for Lena. It was what what If you're old enough to remember a B-side song on the Glass Houses album. Glass Houses came out in, what, 80 or 81? I can't remember now. It's a long time ago. Um, B- Creative Juice, Benny and the Jets is not Billy Joel. Come on now. That's Elton John. <laughs> uh, uh, Longest time. You know, I- I'm not as big on the longest time. That That Innocent Man album is good, but not my favorite. There's a song called Stiletto, which is a B side album song. I Love You Maybe Right from Glass Houses uh, are some of my favorites right there. Teddy says, top five favorite Cub players of all time. My favorite Cub player of all time is Ryan Sandberg. He just was uh, announced that he's diagnosed with colon cancer, I believe. I believe it was colon cancer. I know it was cancer. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, Benny and the Jets is Elton John. Uh, my second favorite Cub of all time is Andre Dawson. My third favorite cub of all time is Lee Smith. I, those are my top three. I, I, um, I, I don't know if I have a four and five necessarily, but those are my, my top three. Uh, Timothy, my family member, won the Super, win the Super Bowl with the eighty-five Bears. He was the field goal kicker, Kevin Butler. Are you serious? You're Kevin Butler's. How are you related to Kevin Butler? Oh, it's prostate cancer for Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, that sucks. I hope he can beat it. It's brutal. Uh, let's see. Bevel. I, I got it, Mike. Eventually I got it. I couldn't think of it for a second. Uh okay, have we have we missed any, anything else here in the chat that anybody else wanted me to say? Uh okay, here we go. Creative juice. I heard on the radio that Belichick may be on the outside looking in after the coaching. Uh, after the coaching hiring dust settles, do you think it's because of his nearing absolute meaning absolute power or the youth movement? I think it's both. Belichick's magic has run out. Uh, Belichick wants absolute power. He's been a terrible GM for a long time, and you could argue he hasn't been a very good coach the last few years. And so I think that's it. I mean, the Falcons hired Raheem Morris. Kudos to him, and the NFL. You know, better job this, this better job with diversity this hiring cycle. Three black coaches, including Raheem Morris, getting a second opportunity, which is unfortunately very uncommon. And so good for him for getting this opportunity. I think I think Arthur Blank was like, I'm not letting you do everything you want. You're old. Michael Lucas, hey, Bull, do you hate McNuggets? I do. He's a pain in the ass. A big-time pain in the ass. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, oh, Jonathan. He, well, we already had Jonathan on. And we got time to get one more person in. If you're not scared to be on camera, I got time to sneak in one more person before we go. Uh, you know, the the interesting thing with we're down to two head coach openings, right? Carolina, uh, not Carolina, because they just hired a coach. Who who are the two left? Seattle, and there's one more. I'm draw, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Um and you got Mike Vrabel still out there. You've got um, Belichick still out there. You've got Pete Carroll, I guess. I haven't heard his name connected to anybody. And so let's say Vrabel, Carroll, Belichick don't get jobs and they all want him next year. Obviously, Vrabel would. We don't know. I guess we don't know for sure about the other two, although Belichick's 15 wins away from becoming the all-time wins leader. That's going to put a lot of pressure on the coaches on the hot seat or potentially, even though it's ridiculous, a guy like – oh, Washington's the other one. Thank you, Jason. Um, Or potentially a guy like Kevin Stefanski who should have been given an extension and to this point has not. Hopefully he will. Um, Okay. Somebody's having a problem with the camera. I'm sorry we can't get you. Last question. I saw one more question that I wanted to answer before we go. Don't wrap me up yet, guys. I want to answer one more question. Oh, I saw one more. Hold on. My friend in Jersey, Joe Flacco's brother. Uh, are, Am I getting on Patreon? No, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know enough about Patreon. All right. I thought there was one more question. Extend JB after the win streak. I would not. i uh, not extend him, but I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't fire him, I and mean, there was a lot of talking about firing him. All right, everybody, I appreciate you all joining me. Thanks to the guys who jumped on live. Appreciate that. We had uh, Evan419. We had Jonathan, and we had, oh, I forgot the third guy who asked me about the Guardians. I feel terrible. What was his name? I'm having a lot of brain freezes. But anyway, thanks to everybody who was on the chat. I hope I answered all your questions. Uh, I, In terms of getting on camera, I sent out a link. I'll I'll go over it again next time. Uh, thanks everybody for joining me please make sure you hit the subscribe button give me a thumbs up if you enjoyed what we did we're doing the live show every Thursday at 6pm where else but right here in the bullpen with me Adam the Bull love y'all have a good night I'll see you on UCSS tomorrow next podcast coming out on Monday later everybody thanks to Max and Monzo for producing
1: thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network